Final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. You can also visit them online at rbcarcompany.com. Let them know that I sent you. Um, all right, so it's Friday, right? It is Friday, right? Holy smokes, we made it. Okay. This is this has been like the weirdest week because it's simultaneously been a long week, but also an extremely fast week. It feels like I've only been working like two days. And I don't know why that is. It's just one of those weird weeks. So I've like lost complete train of, of thought and time, everything else this whole week. So uh, it is Friday, which means at 4 o'clock, one hour from now, we will open up the phone lines. It is open lines. You can call about anything that you want, 574-2595-953. At 4 o'clock, not right now, at 4 p.m. Eastern time, okay? there's a, Every time I say that at the beginning of the show, there's always a couple of people who mishear me. So I just want to make sure that was clear. All right, um, let's, you know what, can we just start off in Arizona? I feel like we have to start off with Arizona, and then we have to go into Georgia again. And the reason that I am doing this is not because it's the most important news story that that is out there. Um, Other people are certainly covering this. It it is purely that this is an extremely important issue, and it is one of the issues that has to be dealt with going forward, especially before the midterm elections and then, of course, next uh, next general election, because they're doing everything they can right now to stop you from you and everybody else from being able to fix the election system. Mail-in ballot fraud has been a thing in the United States since the Civil War. Mail-in ballots are basically banned in almost every single free country in the world, and it is that way for very specific reasons. Before the election, I broke down how voter fraud happens in this country. I gave you numerous data analysis and studies going back many, many, many years, highlighting all of this. We went all the way back to the 1970s, okay? The reason that we did that isn't to show that how things were done back then are the way that they have always happened and continue to happen, but it was to show that there are certain strategies with our election system that have always been seen as a way to exploit the electorate. There's always a possibility of having fraud. Most fraud is is virtually impossible to capture. It happens. We usually find it way after the fact, but most fraud in the United States uh, when it comes to elections is impossible to capture unless you actually catch it on camera, which is a very difficult thing to do considering restrictions on where cameras can be around the polls. So what ends up happening is most people get away with it. Some people don't, but most people do. And as I've highlighted for many, many years, and it's imperative that everybody understand this, you know, the left for a long time has been telling you the voter fraud is a myth and it doesn't exist in the United States. There is no voter fraud whatsoever. And then simultaneously, they told you that only fraud allowed Trump to win. They were telling you that it was it was fraud that made Trump win right before that election. Fraud was impossible. Then Trump wins. It must have been fraud. And then immediately in the next election, there's no such thing as fraud. Now, how is it that you you shift like that? Remember, we were talking about these double standards that the left has. Everything that they believe, they have a direct hypocritical position on something else. Everything. And it's all designed to weave in and out. Whatever benefits you today is going to benefit you today. The moment it doesn't benefit you tomorrow, you're against it. That's just how they are, okay? 
Um, it's political expediency, ex exploitation, however you want to phrase it. It is what it is. And it's been that way for generations. It's nothing new. It's not something that is 100% unique to the left. It's just that right now, the left basically has a monopoly on this. In the past, the right has done it too. And I have no doubts that in the future, the right is going to do it. And I have no doubt that the left is pushing the right into that as we speak. The stuff that, that Harry Reid did when he was Senate Minority Leader and then Senate Majority Leader directly correlate to the gridlock that we have in Washington, D.C. now. That, that is a fact. The stuff that Newt Gingrich did directly correlates to the hyper-partisan fundraising cycles that we have right now. That is a fact. When I tell you it's the parties and the political class against you and me, it is. And people just have, once you understand that, once you can accept that, once you can accept that for the most part, your friends and neighbors are not evil, and that you just have polite disagreements on stuff. And most of the time when Americans are given information, they'll make the right decision. The problem is that they're not given the right information, which is why you're seeing such a blitz coming from Washington, D.C. now about the vaccine stuff and why they're pushing the vaccine issue. You have to understand something. This, I think that this is self-evident, but just in case you're a youngling out there and that you're kind of new to this game, everything that they're talking about with looking at your, your text messages or your social media posts or any of that stuff. And I know that Washington, D.C. is trying to walk back what Jen Psaki said, which is we're flagging posts. Now they're saying, oh, no, no, we're, we're, we're not monitoring individual Americans' posts. Okay, that's what we call wordplay. They're looking for posts from anybody that they disagree with. When they find a post from anybody that they disagree with, they then take that person's name and they send it to Facebook and say, take care of this person. Okay? They don't have a pre-done list. We're going to follow Jim Smith on Thursday at 2 p.m. to see what he posts. That's not what they're doing. So it's all wordplay. Oh, we're not specifically targeting any American. Yet you are. You're targeting the message and then using that message to target the individual. But they're not starting off with an individual list. Right? So they're using this wordplay to kind of try and, and distract you. Because Jen Psaki said too much. That's that's all there is to it. Jen Psaki went out there and she said that we are tagging Facebook posts and we're sending it to Facebook so Facebook can take care of it. She wasn't supposed to say that out loud. And people picked up on it. She probably wasn't supposed to tell you that they were going to come to your door. They were going to go door to door on vaccines. And for how many days did we hear that that was a conspiracy theory and they're not doing it? Guess what? They're doing it. And they're going to offer you an on-the-spot vaccine when they come to your door. The White House has acknowledged this now. But for a week, it was a conspiracy theory, they said. Nobody is doing it. Well, then why did Jen Psaki say it? And I told you before, you know, when she said it that day, I said, look for this to be just like they do with the U.S. Census. You know, they're going to come to your door. Uh, if you don't fill out the census, they're going to send a team of people to your door. Why didn't you fill out the census? Fill it out now. We're watching. That sort of thing. You know, come on. We want to go to lunch. Hurry up and do it. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, and that's exactly what they're doing. And they're going to offer you a shot. And I told you this because, well, I've experienced it before. I've watched this happen at a government level at, at the county that I used to live in, in Clark County, Nevada. They did this very same thing. I'm pretty sure it was the swine flu vaccine that they were doing it for in the Clark County School District. So I've seen that. But you have to understand something. This The DNC asking for cell phone carriers to look in on your text messages about vaccine misinformation, um, the White House uh, asking Facebook and Twitter and everything else to talk about 
you know, posts and personal messages that you're sending on the platforms, you realize that has nothing to do with vaccine at all, right? I'm just going to pause for a second because I know it's Friday. I know that a lot of you are thinking about that after work beer and you're just trying to relax for, for the weekend. But you do understand that all of this nonsense coming from the media and coming from D.C. about vaccine misinformation, you do realize that has absolutely nothing to do with COVID and has absolutely nothing to do with the vaccine, right? Is everybody established that on their own? I, I feel like I shouldn't have to explain this, but you never know. Every time I assume that everybody is understanding something, I am instantly proven wrong. If you think that this is actually about getting people vaccinated to save lives and preventing people from making the pandemic worse, all you have to do is look at the data. People not getting vaccinated is not causing people to die. It is not causing the virus to spread. We have a 40% breakthrough rate in Israel for people who are fully vaccinated. That's not what's happening. This is about providing an opening to be able to read your text messages, to be able to censor your Facebook posts. This is also serving as a, an additional launch platform for the new net neutrality, which nobody understands. I'm the only person, I think, in the entire U.S. media industrial complex that got net neutrality right under Bush. I'm the only one that got it right under Obama. But people will continue. Another perfect example of that, that hypocritical tribalism stuff. When Bush wanted net neutrality, liberals thought it was, it was the worst dystopian thing in the world. When Obama wanted net neutrality, it was saving the Internet and making the Internet faster and freer. You're all stupid. Net neutrality is about the federal government being able to regulate what you can and cannot post and see online. Period. End of story. There is absolutely no positive benefit to net neutrality for the public. It doesn't exist. When net neutrality went away, Internet speeds in the United States shot up. We surpassed several countries in Internet speeds and Internet freedom. Once it went away, suddenly we were at top tier level when it came to Internet access and speeds in the world. When net neutrality was in place, we were way down. We we're one of the worst industrialized nations for access and speeds in the world. It's simple stuff. But because of the marketing and because of the tribalism, people just fall into those, those little mindsets. And all of that is tied into this. If they're able, under the guise of misinformation and public safety, if they are able to go ahead and turn the cell phone carriers against you to where cell phone carriers are now monitoring every single text message you're sending, and social media continues to expand its power over what content you're reading, what content you're posting... We've talked about the, the attempts to go ahead and put this, this, uh, this hardware piece into your processor that could ban you from the Internet. Remember we talked about this several months ago? You got this piece of hardware in there. You get caught posting misinformation or anything like that. Suddenly, they will use the hardware encoder on your processor, on your device, to ban you from that website. And if you're banned from that website and you move to a different a different computer or something, it will still follow you. They're doing all of this because they are setting up this social credit score similar to what they have in China. It'll look a little different because their society is different, but they're setting it up. Everything is about gaining access to your personal correspondence and the stuff that you post online and controlling what you read and controlling what you say, which is exactly what happened in 1984. Not the year, the book.
This is what it's all about. They're simply using, just like they used COVID to illegally alter election rules to fix election results, they are using COVID as an excuse to get into your digital footprint and control what you see and what you do. That's what they're doing. So much so they're even trying to control what you share with your friends and family. COVID is simply the blanket cover story. But this has nothing to do with COVID. If you look at the data, this country is below epidemic levels. We are not even in an epidemic anymore, even with the Delta variant. There is not a serious COVID threat in the United States right now. So when you've got politicians running around and going, people are dying because you're not getting vaccinated. There isn't any actual evidence of that. That's the problem. So pay attention to the data. Don't let them steer you this way. But you need to understand this. Now, this is where this all kind of comes back into Arizona. It comes back into Georgia. We're going to talk about this. Coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. On your radio at 95.3 FM, online at 95.3 MNC. 95.3 MNC. Speaking of censorship, we're just bringing uh, producer Josh, Wuhan Josh, up to speed on the bouncing around and the nomadic trek that we have had over the past couple of years when it comes to live streaming. Um, And I was just telling him about, like, you know, before Rumble, like, the best place after the normal, you know, Facebook and YouTube after they started censoring us uh, was DLive. DLive was great until BitTorrent bought them. And then the moment BitTorrent bought them, BitTorrent started cracking down on all Trump supporters and um, basically made it impossible for us to grow. At one point in time, we were growing by between 70 and 75 people a day on DLive. That's how many people we were adding to our list. Um, Even though we haven't broadcast on DLive in a long time, I still have way more followers on DLive than I do on Rumble. And Rumble's our permanent home. This is where we live now. So... (laughs) And and we pay them enough to ensure that. So please go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, and please hit that subscribe button. Good growth this week. I really do appreciate it. All right, so I want to start off with Arizona because all of that stuff that I was just blabbing about in that, that first uh, first segment there, it all directly ties to the election in 2020. So let's let's take a look at Arizona for just a second. As I've already told you, here's what we know about the Arizona audit. The vote counts on election night, and I know that that was more than just one night, but I'm just saying the vote counts from election night, November 2020, do not match the total number of votes that the audit discovered. Okay, so what we have is we have a gap. I don't know which way that gap goes. I don't know if less votes were counted on election night or if more votes were counted on election night. All I can tell you is the number of votes that actually were cast in Arizona do not match the number of votes that you were told were cast in Arizona for November 2020, okay? However that shakes out, I don't know. So let me just tell you kind of some of the updates that have been happening here. Um, An Arizona state senator has just called for an entire redo of the 2020 election and recalling Biden's electors. Uh, So let's let's take a look at all of this. Uh, Once again, the 2020 election is at the center of everything as many states conduct audits of the controversial election and enact much-needed election reform This is all on the heels of a tsunami of mail-in ballots that flooded the nation like never before. And again, mail-in ballots were always highlighted as the most fraud-riddled ballots that are used in an election, which is why it's banned in most free countries. 
As a result, tensions are high on both sides of the aisle. On the right, they see fraud being uncovered, and they say this is the smoking gun. On the left, they see it and says, meh, it's not that widespread. And again, you always have to get them to define what widespread is. However, when state lawmakers who have access to more information and data than fact checkers and journalists do start calling for new elections, you definitely step up and take notice. And that's exactly what's happening in Arizona. State Senator Wendy Rogers says that she's heard enough and she wants Arizona to get it right. Wendy took to Twitter and laid out the issues that she's personally been privy to and then called on Biden's electors to be recalled. So here's what she said in two tweets. I've heard enough. With the tens of thousands of ballots mailed without being requested, the over the over 10,000 people who voted after registering after November 3rd, the failure of Maricopa to turn over 40 percent, uh, the 40 percent machines, the passwords that Dominion still refuses to turn over and tens of thousands of unauthorized queries demonstrating how insecure the election was. I call for the Biden electors to be recalled to Arizona and new election must be conducted. Now, this isn't going to happen, but I understand what, what she's trying to say. Um, now, keep in mind, they are still playing the router game where they're not allowing the auditors to have access to the routers. And the auditors this week are still saying it is critical that we now see those routers. And we already know, and we've talked with forensic experts who have called this show, we already know that there isn't a legitimate law enforcement concern to not have access to those routers as the sheriff has made the claim of. So that's one, that's one state senator in Arizona, okay? But there's more. We've got more in Arizona, and then we've got a ton of new developments in Georgia. We'll talk about all of that coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Michiana's Breaking News and Weather Station. Right about now is the time that boss man over at Z-Bart sends me a text message and goes, really, farts? <laughs> You got to look, you, you got to You got to shake it up. You know what I can't stand? I can't stand live reads where you're sitting there monotone reading the, the live read, the script. I can't stand that. I just can't. You got to have fun with the live reads, man. You got to sell the product. The product is they're making you money. And thank you all, by the way, for supporting. We hear such good feedback from our advertisers about how great you are and, and how you utilize their services. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Anything you do to support the show is, is always greatly appreciated. I want to finish talking about Arizona uh, because the Arizona election audit, more information is starting to come out. And there's an additional Arizona state senator, Sonny Borelli. He is talking about Maricopa County officials now. And he says, if they continue to defy us, there's another tool in the toolbox. Oh, that's that's interesting. So anyway, he says there is a huge administrative oversight or there's something going on that we need need to further investigate. And it's really a shame that the county will not cooperate with us and be able to answer some of these questions that we have. Now, here's here's what they, they have found, okay? <clears throat> they found 74,000 ballots. Keep in mind, this is a, what, 10,000 vote state? They found over 74,000 ballots that are missing documentation of ever even being mailed out. So they've got 74,000 ballots that were counted that there's no proof those ballots were mailed through the postal system. So where did those ballots even come from? This is why a lot of people are looking at Arizona and saying a bunch of people were sitting there filling out blank ballots and throwing them in there where they needed them. 74,000 ballots in Arizona, at least in the Maricopa County area, 
that there's no evidence were ever mailed by the postal system. Mail-in ballots that were never mailed out to voters. And, and of course, you know, Borelli is looking at this and he's like, look, there's something seriously wrong with this. We don't know exactly what that is, but something's wrong <clears throat> and we need to get to the bottom of it. If we've got this huge discrepancy, which could very well flip a state many times, and Maricopa County election officials are not concerned at all with exploring why that might have happened, you start you start to get a picture of what what may actually be going on. Um, he goes in to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, um, and, and I don't want to bore you with all of it because I don't want to spend all of my time talking about Arizona and Georgia. So I want to move on to Georgia, but I will put that article for both of those Arizona stories in the Daily Show prep today. So let's move on to Georgia, okay? Now we've got to talk about Raffensperger. Um, Raffensperger, we'll, we'll get to him in just a second, okay? But he's not the only Georgia election official that we need to have a come-to-Jesus moment with. So here's the Federalist, okay? Uh, Margot Cleveland, again, quickly becoming one of my favorite columnists. During a detailed discussion with the Federalist on Wednesday, representatives from the Georgia Secretary of State's office provided their perspective on new evidence suggesting more than 10,300 Georgian voters illegally cast ballots in the November 2020 general election. Remember, Georgia was a state that Biden was uh, won, air quote, won by only 12,000 votes. And we've got evidence of at least 10,300 fraudulent votes. They believe that number is closer to 35,000, okay? They're still counting. Last week, the Federalist reported on recent obtained data indicating tens of thousands of Georgia voters had violated Section 212218 of the state's election code, which requires residents to vote in the county in which they reside unless they had changed their residence within 30 days of the election. Shortly after the November 2020 election, Mark Davis, the president of Data Productions, Inc., and an expert in voter data analytics and residency issues, determined from national change of address records that nearly 35,000 Georgia voters who indicated they had moved from one Georgia county to another, voted in the 2020 general election in the county from which they had moved. Now, that's a crime. If you live in St. Joseph County, and then you move to Elkhart County, and 128 days, 120 days later, there's an election, but you vote in St. Joseph County, congratulations, you've committed voter fraud. That's what happened here. Kurt Hibbert, the president uh, of one of President Trump's lead attorneys in the Georgia case, told the Federalists that this category of potentially illegal votes served as one of the 33 categories of voting irregularities that were underlying the president's challenge. Now, here's where things get super interesting, because what we have now, you go to the secretary of state. Now, Raffensperger was a devout anti-Trump acolyte. He's a Republican. But he's an anti-Trump acolyte. And Raffensperger was the one that was saying that Trump was trying to get him to change votes and all of this other stuff. And that the, the uh, you know, uh, the Georgia election wasn't on the up and up, was a total lie, a fabrication, a conspiracy theory. He's, he's the guy that got caught lying on that phone call about Trump asking him to find new votes. Trump never did. It was a complete and total lie. And Raffensperger, what he's done now is he's decided that he's going to change his tune. So we've got several articles that I'm going to put in the Daily Show prep today. One titled, this is Big League Politics now, Georgia SOS, Brad Raffensperger, changes tune on election results, admits Fulton County irregularities. Now, he tweeted out, okay, he tweeted out 
new revelations that Fulton County is unable to produce all ballot Dropbox transfer documents will be investigated thoroughly as we have with other counties that failed to follow Georgia rules and regulations regarding drop boxes. This cannot continue. He also went on to say that, you know, as so long as Fulton County continues to have issues, there's going to be some serious problems with people trusting the integrity of the elections. Okay. This all came out of left field. Here's the thing. Raffensperger was told about every single speck of thing that he is now fighting as Secretary of State of Georgia. He was told about that right after the election. And he said it was all nonsense and make-believe. And now all of a sudden, he's got all of this evidence, and he goes, okay, this is real. Interesting stuff, right? So ballots were counted twice in Georgia. Uh, The thousands of ballot tally sheets are missing in Fulton County. They can't find them. They can't find these boxes. Fulton County is the place that before the election announced that they had a pipe burst, and so their results were going to be delayed. There never was a pipe burst. It never happened. So why make the announcement and and say you're going to delay your count? Fulton County is also the one that they kept having to reopen and send new auditors back in because they're kept... They kept discovering new ballots in Fulton County that weren't counted in the election. Fulton County's a mess, and it is impossible, impossible for anybody who has paid attention to Fulton County at all to at least not acknowledge that Fulton County was problematic, and Fulton County's got a bunch of things that have to be dealt with. Now, whether or not that changes the the vote in Georgia to Trump, I, I don't know. But it is undeniable that there were things that happened in Fulton County, Georgia, that were illegal and should not have happened and may very well have affected the results of the election. And that needs to be investigated because you don't want it happening in the future. That's the point. And as I said before, put them on defense. You go on offense. The moment they say that it's all nonsense, you let them know that you think even one invalid vote being counted is wrong and you push it back on them, don't you? Don't you think that even one invalid vote or illegal vote being counted as legitimate is wrong? Don't you, even, one's not acceptable. It should be perfect. As perfect as we can make it. Put them on the defense. See what happens. They got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Speaking of killing people, we were just talking about killing not actually like going out and killing people, but how the messaging from the the politicians is that if you don't get vaccinated, you're literally killing people, which is absurd and stupid and completely contradictory to the data that's available. And then Josh goes ahead and plays a song about school shootings. Thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate that. Thank you. It's not appropriate, man. We're trying to be a family-friendly program, okay? We're not that other Discord server that sends angry 13-year-olds over here, okay? That's not who we are. All right. Open line starts in just a couple of minutes, so write this number down. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line is 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. And you can go ahead and call at uh, at 4 o'clock. Any topic that you want, literally any topic that you want, we will discuss, uh, as long as it's radio-friendly, we will discuss, and and, uh, we answer those in the order that we get them. So, you know, sometimes I'll... You know, if some somebody occasionally we get like a politician who call in unannounced, we'll we'll jump to them. But most of the time, it's just whoever gets there first. All right. So let's go to a couple of couple of stories in Michigan here. 
You go to 953mnc.com. Michigan residents who received aid are now asked to reapply for said aid. Over 600,000 uh, Michigan residents received pandemic-related unemployment benefits are being told to update their accounts. The state recently learned that the eligibility approval process was, are you ready for this? Wrong. What? Are, do you mean to tell me that a state run by Gretchen Whitler is, is not being run? Josh Whitler. Gretchen Whitler. <clears throat> Mustache. Whitler. Is not being run properly? Huh? Who would have thought? The department will determine if the benefits need to be repaid. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Hashtag told you. They're going to start asking for some of this back. There's not much that you're going to be able to do about it. They're going to go, oh, we gave you a bunch of money that we shouldn't have given you. Now you got to repay it all. And it's the state of Michigan. So guess where they go? They go for your taxes, your tax returns first, and then they go for your bank accounts. That's what the state of Michigan does. Most states do that, but Michigan is really fast about it. Ask me how I know. Michigan is really fast about it. There was a uh, there was a tax error one year uh, when I was employed here where they forgot to change my taxes to Indiana after I moved back across the border. And so it, it all got paid to Michigan. <laughs> and it was a fiasco, to say the least. All right, we got open lines coming up next. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel.